Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. I want to get right into today's service. As Pastor, like I said, has been doing this message entitled Seven Things. So I'm going to tie into that vein and just do seven things that God wants you to know about you. So awesome. I think there's plenty of things that are going on in our lives and we need to have an assurance, a foundation of who God is and who he is to us and who we are in God. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray and get started. Father, I just thank you for who you are. I thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. I thank you for the impartation and revelation as we grow together in Christ and grow closer to you. Scripture says that if we knock, that the door will be open. If that we seek, we shall find. I declare tonight we are seeking more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I believe that one of the greatest hindrances in life are how we see ourselves. It's our, our uh, self-esteem, a poor self-image. I believe that this is hindering us from everything that God has called us to do, how we stand, how we see ourselves. Sometimes we're timid with things because we're unsure or we have a poor self-image of ourselves. And I truly believe that women, girls, suffer from this the most. They're hit the hardest or they're attacked the most through poor self-image. You know that only 2% of women actually would say that they're beautiful. That's so sad that only 2% would actually say of themselves that I am beautiful. You know, that 78% would say that they they are unhappy with their body or how they look. 78% of women or 78% of teenage and college age women would say that they are unhappy with how they look. You know, that 48% of first, second, and third grade girls think that they need to lose weight. How sad is that, that first, second, and third grade girls feel that they are overweight at that. They should just be playing. They shouldn't have to worry about how they look. But this is the society that we live in that is being pushed, and it's creating a poor self-image on our hearts. You know, uh, there was somebody in Scripture that had a poor self-image. I don't know if you know this, but, but Moses, the, the Old Testament great deliverer, had a poor self-image of himself. I'm going to read this to you. It's not, in, it's not going to be on the, uh, the screens, but I'm going to be reading to you Exodus chapter 4, 10 through 16. And it says this. And this is Moses talking to God. And he says, Lord, Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent. I, uh, neither before nor since have I spoken, has you spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So what he is saying that he had a stuttering problem and he said, God, why have you chosen me? I'm not ready to go. I'm not able to go. I, I don't feel that I, I'm adequate. I'm not up to par to do what you've called me to do. And it says that the, the anger of the Lord was kindled against him. And so God granted his, his wish and he sent Aaron to be his mouthpiece. With, with him. But here God shows up to Moses and declares, Moses, I have an assignment for you. You're going to be the great deliverer of my people. And what does he say? God, I, I'm not able. I don't have the words. I, I have a slow tongue. I stutter. I have all these issues. He had a poor self-image of himself. And it's sad that a lot of us throughout this, this time that we're living in are dealing with a poor self-image. We don't see ourselves and we don't measure up to what people may expect of us or our peers around us. Maybe we feel like we're not good enough. We don't fit in on some things. But understand that God was not mistaken when he chose Moses. 
And I want you to understand today that God was not mistaken when he chose you, when he called you, when he anointed you, when he appointed you for such a time as this. I truly believe that that God has placed seeds of greatness on the inside of each and every one of us. And he has a plan and a purpose for our life. How awesome is it that God has tailor-made a world-changing assignment for each and every one of us? That each and every one of us are called and God has a plan and a purpose for our life. You know, when we understand who we are in Christ and all that God has for us, our family, our friends, the people around us will be able able to get strengthened by the power and the understanding of who we are in Christ. See, a lot of times right now, people are trying to look for identity in different things. We are a generation that is just obsessed with self-identifying themselves. I, I need to, I'm not happy with the person that I see in the mirror, so maybe if I can change my identity, if I can self-identify as something else, then maybe it'll fill the gap or, or cover the hurt that I have in my heart because I'm just not happy with who I am or who I see in the mirror. I'm here to tell you today that, that God wasn't making a mistake when he created you. He didn't make a mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. And if we want to understand and have a strong self-image of ourselves, we'll only find our true identity in Christ. You know, if I want to know who I am, then, then I need to go to the one that created me, which is God. If I want to know my purpose and my plan and what God has for me, then I need to go to him because he's the one, only the one that created the thing has the right to determine what the thing is for. And God has created us and he's created us for good things, for good works. Jeremiah says this, Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 says this, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thought of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. How awesome is it that God, the the great I am, the one that created the heavens and the earth, thinks about you. And he says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, thoughts to give you a hope and a future, that God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and he was not mistaken when he chose you. I want you to know today that you are valuable to God, that you, you are loved by God. So today I want to jump into seven things that God has said about you. I truly believe that once we understand just how valuable we are to God, we will move in new things and, and, and new revelation and, and to new areas of life that we didn't see possible because we had a poor self-image. The first one is this. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to take notes. The first one is this. To understand that you are loved. I need to understand that I'm loved by God. See, a lot of us, we've grown up without that love. And we've been searching for some kind of affection. And we've we've felt pushed aside or or unloved. But I want you to know that God, the creator and the, the, the creator of the universe, loves you. And he sees you exactly where you are. It says this in John chapter 3, verse 16. Go ahead and turn with me there. It's in the New Testament, John 3, 16. This is a, a classic verse of scripture, and it says this. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. How awesome is it that God loved me so much 
that he would give the greatest gift, and that is his son. God loved you so much that he saw, he saw value in who you were. That he said, I'm going to give my very best. I'm not going to give something shabby. I'm not going to give my, 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 my uh, second in, in command or anything like that. He said, no, I'm going to give my very best. It's me wrapped in flesh. I'm going to give myself as a sacrifice for these people because I love them so much that he saw value in you even when you didn't see value in yourself. See, this is why we have to find our identity in Christ. It's not in things. It's not in trying to hide or change who we are. See, God can't bless who you pretend to be. God has called you to do amazing things, and he says that he's called you by name. And he loved you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you. The second one is this. The second thing that we need to know about God is that God, he loves us so much, and we need a Savior. That, that we need love and we need mercy and we need grace because we've all sinned, Scripture says, and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all made mistakes in life. I'm sure we can all, if I said raise your hand if you, if you made a mistake, some of you would raise both hands, your feet, everything you could do because we've made so many mistakes in this, in this life. And we've all been there, you know. I, I was talking to someone, they were saying, oh, I made the, I've, I've messed up on this and I've messed up on that. And I said, hey, we all have that. You name me somebody who hasn't, that, that besides Jesus, and, and we need to give him an award because I don't know anybody else that has lived a perfect life. We've all made mistakes. We've all been there. But we're all in need of a Savior, and God knows this. See, I, I, I'm only going to find joy in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. The scripture says that I will find a fullness of joy. Turn with me to Psalms. Uh, 61, uh, Psalms 11 says this, for I know, for, I don't think it's on the screen, but it says this, you make known the path of life. Your presence, there is, in your presence, there is fullness and joy. At your right hand are pleasures forever. How beautiful is this? That in their, your presence, there is fullness of joy. Why? Because even though I, I may have messed up, even though I may have, have sinned and, and just totally messed up my life, I know that I can turn to God. And he is so just and loving to forgive me of my sins. And scripture says that he takes your sins and he casts them as far as the east is from the west. Do you know that the east will never go west? That they'll never meet, meaning God will separate you from your sins so much that you will not recognize them, that they are no longer tied to you. That he says, I am your savior. I'm your deliverer and I've taken your sin. I've created you into a new person, a new species of being. That I am your savior. I'm your deliverer. I'm your help. I'm your ever-present help in a time of need. That I, I take refuge in that because I know I've made mistakes. I say this all the time. I know I've made mistakes in the past. I, I, I'm making mistakes now, and I'm most likely going to make mistakes in the future. If anybody else can raise your hand, see that hand. Is anybody else? I see that hand. Yes. We've all made mistakes in life, and we're all <laughs> in need of a Savior. And God is our Savior. Jesus died on the cross. His finished work allows us to boldly enter into God's throne room. It's a beautiful thing. I want to read uh, John chapter 14, verse 16. It says this. John 14, 
verse uh, 6, sorry. John 14, 6 says this. For I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, our Savior is Jesus. He doesn't just give us partial uh, uh, redemption. No, he is our Savior. We come to God through the finished work on the cross because of what Jesus did. John 3, 16, he died on the cross for you and me so I can boldly enter into God's presence, unashamed, unhindered by things that are, are going on, circumstances that may, that, that may come up against me. No, I know that my God lives. He reigns and I am free from sin and the penalty of death because of that finished work, amen? The third one is this, the third one that we need to know about God, what God thinks about us, is that you are a masterpiece, that, that God broke the mold when he created you, that, that God sees you as the apple of his eye. My mom always says that she's God's favorite, and she's completely right, 100%. She is God's favorite, but I'm also his favorite. It's a beautiful thing. It's amazing. It's always mind-blowing to me when I think about how God sees each and every one of us, but he only sees you. He's a personal God. He's not an abstract object just floating around in space. He's personal. He wants a personal relationship with you. He sees you, and he knows you by name. Ephesians 2.10 says this. Turn with me to Ephesians 2.10. It says, for you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That we are his workmanship, that he created you for a plan and a purpose. You're not just here by accident. I don't care if your parents even didn't plan on you being here, didn't plan on getting pregnant. God knew what he was doing. He knew that you would be born in this decade, in this crazy time that we're living in. God knew that you were going to be here, and he planned it. You're his workmanship, and he loves you so much. The fourth one is this. You can be made new. Now, this is hard to believe because a lot of us, we have a past, and it's the hardest thing for us to let go of our past. See, we understand, yes, God forgives us. He forgives us of our sins, but sometimes we don't forgive ourselves. We, we hold on to the things that we've done wrong, and, and it's so hard for us to let go. Why? Because a lot of times we still have the scars in our heart and on our body, the things that we've done, the mistakes that we've made. And it's hard for us to say, man, I, I can't see. I, I understand that scripture says that, that he's making all things new. But man, I've made so many bad mistakes. And there's no way that this thing can just leave my life. And, and we're dragging around this, this, this problem or this, this sin that we've created a long time ago. And we're just carrying this thing with me. But I need to, to let you know today that, that through Jesus Christ, you are made new. And we can even take this scientifically. Did you know that every second, one million cells within your body die? This is a, a process called mitosis. What this does is it's the, the, uh, the, the, the dividing of a cell. Your cells reproduce into another cell. It's an amazing thing that every second, one million cells die in your body. Another million just died. Another million just died. This is going on 24-7, 365. Cells are dying, but you know that as soon as, as fast as they are dying, they are being reproduced. 
So every second, one million cells are being produced. One second, every, uh, one million cells are being produced. And did you know that every 10 years, your body is completely new? There's not a cell that has been there before. It's everything is completely new. Every 10 years, I mean, your bones are brand new. Your, your eyes are brand new. Your, your, everything is brand new. God knows what he's doing. And he's saying, I can make you brand new if you allow me to. If you allow me into your heart and into your life, I can take that dead situation and I can bring it back. So see, God's not in the business of religion. He's in the, the business of bringing dead things back to life. And, and God wants to change you right where you are. And right where you're going, whatever you're going through. See, he loves you so much, he will visit you where you are, but he does not want to leave you where you are. He wants to take you to higher things and take you to the life that he has for you. See, the real you isn't the you that you pretend to be. It's the you that God has created you to be. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And that plan isn't the old you. It's the, God, it's the, the you that God has created you to be, that new you in him. 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. This is beautiful. We, we, don't have, we can let go of that old self, that old self, uh, poor self-image, that old, that, that, that uh, dead nature that we had. We can let go of that sin. We can let go of that hurt. That's been in a part of our lives for so many years. I can say, you know what? I'm not that person anymore. And I'm walking away from that. I'm walking in everything that God has called me to be. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The fifth one is this. You are not alone. That God wants you to know tonight that you are not alone. I'm sure that there's people out right now listening to, to my voice, watching this, this program that we're doing, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube or you're on podcasts, wherever you're at. At some point in your life, you felt alone. You felt like, I'm the only one going through this. I, I, there's there's this, this, this hurt in my heart, and I'm the only one feeling it right now. I mean, every single one of us at some point in our life has just, sat in our room alone and just thought, man, I don't know if I can make it anymore. I, 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 don't, I never expected to be in this place in my life at this age and this time, and I thought I'd be further along, and you just feel so down on, your, in your, on yourself, and you just feel so utterly alone. Maybe there's a relationship that didn't pan out. There's a job that didn't work out. There's, there's a, a marriage that failed. There's a child that was lost. There's something and you just feel so alone right now i'm here tonight to tell you that you're not that that scripture says that he'll never leave you nor forsake you that he'll stick closer than a brother that he's there for you there's no height no depth that he won't search for you find you and hold you and call you his very own you are not alone in this Hebrews 13 says this. Turn with me to Hebrews. Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. It says this. 
Let your conduct be without covetousness. I'm going to read that a little bit before. It's not on the scripture. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. For we may, we have boldness saying, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do. What can man do to me? For the Lord, he will never leave you nor forsake you. If there's ever a time in your life where you feel utterly alone, just know that you're not, that God is there with you. That no matter where you are, no matter how far you feel you've run or how many, uh, how ma- many mistakes you feel you've, I've messed up so bad, God, you, there's no way you can love me. I- I'm reminded of the story of the prodigal son where it says that the father stood at the porch waiting for his son to return. It says that he saw him afar off. And that means to me, that tells me that the, the father was actively looking for the sun, never stops, never ceased looking for the sun. He was constantly having his eyes to the horizon, looking for the approach of his son. The same way that God is always ready and willing to pull us back into the fold, always ready to hold us, bring us back. It says that the father ran to the sun. He didn't walk. He didn't skip. He didn't wait for the sun to come to him. It says as soon as there was a turnaround, as soon as the son began to approach the father, that the father left where he was and pursued the son. I'm here to tell you that God left the throne, wrapped himself in flesh, gave his life, went to the cross so that he can have a relationship with you. The same way that the father left the porch, ran for the son, the same thing God has done for you and me. We are not alone. God is with us. It says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. I'm, I find refuge in this. I'm telling you that God is with us no matter what we're going through. No matter how you're feeling tonight, whether you feel lonely, I'm here to encourage you that God is there with you. He says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Number six, that God wants you to know that you are part of the family, that you are wanted, not that you're needed, but you're wanted. Yes, you're needed in the family, but you're wanted here. You're wanted in the body of Christ. That's a complete difference than just saying, oh, I'm needed, you need me for this. No, God wants you to, wants to have a relationship, relationship with you. Not, he's not looking for religion. He's looking for a relationship with you. 1 John 3, 1 says this. 1 John 3, 1 says this. Behold, What manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. See, Scripture says that we have been adopted. Now we can cry out, Abba, Father. We are adopted as sons and daughters to the Most High. I'm telling you, you're the daughter, you're the son of a king, that God loves you so much that he adopted you, brought you into him. It says that you've been grafted into this tree, this new tree. It says that he is the vine and we are the branches. God has brought you into this family and called you and made you his very own. You're not alone in this. God loves you no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through. You're part of this family. He's given you his name. How amazing is that? The the last one is this. I want to close with this, is that God wants you to know that you have a place in heaven. 
that yes, this life is as beautiful as it is that God has a place for us in heaven. I remember Billy Graham making a statement saying, he says this, heaven is my home and this earth I'm just passing through. And as a Christian, that's how we need to be. That yes, I love earth, I love what's going on here, I love my family, but we're all just passing through. As believers, we're just passing through. This isn't my final destination. This isn't my final place. I, I once, uh, scripture says that to be absent from the body is to be present with God. The last breath I take on this earth will be the first breath I take in heaven before God. This isn't our final place that we're just passing through. I have a home. Remember when, when, when Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. It said it in this John chapter 14, verse 1 through 3. Turn with me there. John chapter 14. John chapter 14 says this, 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you that God has prepared a place just for you. And understand that God knows you. He knows your thoughts. He knows your likes. He knows your dislikes. That this place that he's created for you is tailor-made just for you. I truly believe in heaven that my, parent, my mom's mansion is going to have a room just for Disney stuff and just all of her knickknacks and all of her decorations. She's going to have a room that is just animal print because she loves animals. And, and she's going to have all these different rooms that are just tailor-made for her likes. I think in my house, I'm going to have a room for my surfboards. I'm going to have all this, my, my action figures and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Alina's mansion is going to be super organized. It's going to be always clean. There's going to be uh, cubicles for all of her different things. Like everything is going to be labeled. It's going to be perfect and tailor made for her. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. I'm telling you that God has a place for you. You're part of the family. He wants you to know that you're loved, that He's your Savior, He's your deliverer, He's your help in a present time of need. God is everything to us, He loves you. And he's called you his very own. He's called you into this family. You know, we started with Jeremiah, and I want to end with Jeremiah again. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you future and a hope. I want you to know that there's hope in God. If you're within the sound of my voice, if you're listening to this broadcast or wherever you're at, I want you to know that God loves you. That he's not a God that is just looking down on you, ready to pounce and to destroy you. No, he's a, a God of mercy and a God of grace and love that surpasses all of our understandings, no matter where we're going through. No matter what we're going through, he loves you right where you are. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.